Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. When a group of miners uncovered a skull deep in a mine shaft on the western slopes of Bald Mountain near a gold mining camp called Angels Camp in Calaveras County, California, it was believed, at least initially, to be a history-changing discovery. The owner of the mine, Illinois-born blacksmith James Mattinson, had originally gone west during the California gold rush. He had little to no luck finding gold, or any other precious metals, or anything, really. And it's said that Mattinson didn't know at first what it was that he dug up that day in February of 1866. It was when the skull was sent to the state geologist of California, J.D. Whitney, who was also a professor of geology at Harvard University, when things went a bit bonkers. <laughs> Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Mattinson had first showed the fossil to a local man who lived in the mining town, and he, in turn, brought it to an Angels Camp merchant named Philip Scribner. Scribner recognized that it was a human skull, and he cleaned it up and sent it off to physician and natural history buff Dr. William Jones, who, although we aren't 100% sure, likely lived in nearby San Francisco. Jones was blown away by the potential of the discovery, and he was the one who sent the skull to J.D. Whitney. Upon examining this skull, Whitney determined that it was an amazing find. He believed that it belonged to a Pliocene-age man, which would have made it the oldest known record of human existence in North America. And that wasn't the only thing. It also suggested that humans had lived in the Americas for much longer than scientists had previously thought. Let's take a minute for a bit of science and history to get our bearings on this time frame. The Pliocene is the epoch of geologic timescale that extends from roughly 5.4 million to 2.4 million years ago. 
Today, most scientists recognize some 15 to 20 different species of early humans, though there is disagreement about how those species are related, as well as which ones just died out over time. Fossils of the first known hominids, or human-like primates who lived between 6 million and 2 million years ago, universally come from the African continent. It's believed that early humans first migrated out of Africa into Asia probably between 2 million and 1.8 million years ago, and there's no evidence of humans in Europe until between 1.5 million and 1 million years ago. It took even more time for humans to populate the rest of the world. When it comes to the Americas, there's no evidence there were humans there until the past 30,000 years or so. So a hominid skull dating to the Pliocene, that was both exciting and a bit of a scandalous announcement. Whitney didn't just examine the skull, though. He went to Angel's camp, he visited the mine, and he spoke with both Mattinson and Scribner. The men explained that Mattinson dug up the skull in his mine, and though he originally thought it was probably nothing more than a tree root, when it was cleaned up at Scribner's store, everyone realized it was a skull. And that's when they brought in Dr. Jones for his counsel and advice. It's reported that Whitney believed both Mattinson and Scribner were being truthful, and he carried on with his investigative work. He concluded that the skull was authentic and that it dated to the Pliocene epoch. That was definitely a stretch, but at the time, it was almost kind of, sort of within reason to make that leap. Separate from this find, others had claimed to have found ancient stone tools like mortars and pestles under the hills of Calaveras County. Those finds opened up the possibility of that older age. The tools and now the skull, it was thought, could change what experts thought about human evolution, and in particular in North America. On July 18, 1866, Whitney presented a paper to the California Academy of Natural Sciences describing the skull, explaining it had been recently found in Calaveras County. He described its discovery in a mine shaft at a depth of 130 feet. It had been found in auriferous gravel deposits of a Pliocene river that had been buried beneath million-year-old volcanic deposits. The San Francisco Alta summed up Whitney's talk the following day, reporting, quote, the skull is, therefore, not only the earliest pioneer of this state, but the oldest known human being. It is scarcely necessary to say that the announcement and remarks of Professor Whitney made a profound sensation at the Academy. He later exhibited the skull in August of 1868 at the Chicago meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. We're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsors, and when we return, we will talk about how... There's always a but. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about the debate over whether or not the skull was real and if it was really as old as some people thought. So many of our stories that we've told have a moment where we have to talk about something that sounds incredibly cool or interesting. And then we have to follow it up with, but. All right, so here's the but for this one. Some scholars challenged the authenticity of the skull while others did not. And it started a controversy between those who insisted the skull had been planted at the mine and those who insisted it was genuine. An article in the Harvard Register reported that the Calaveras skull, quote, has been mercilessly assailed as a hoax, not on account of any suspicious circumstances attending its discovery, but because it was predetermined in the minds of many that man did not live at so ancient a time. The skull looked, others believed, like it belonged to a human from centuries earlier, probably from an indigenous tribe now referred to as the Northern Sierra Miwok. Some assumed that that's what it probably was. Prominent geologists, archaeologists, and anthropologists from several universities examined the skull, but it actually took many decades before the skull was decisively determined to be a fake. Scientists were concerned that the artifact had been removed before anyone with any kind of reputable authority could examine it in the ground where it was found. But that wasn't the only problem. 
there was a lot of disagreement within the scientific community. Some people assumed it was the result of an unfortunate mining accident. Skeptics also believed the skull was just too modern to come from the Pliocene age. Some scholars believed it was just a practical joke played by miners. Whitney took the skull to the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., where archaeologist William H. Holmes examined it. And Holmes was, well, he was not on board with the idea that this was a genuine find. In his analysis, he had discovered that the sediment embedded in it, it turned out, could not have come from the mine deposit. When the skull was exhumed, it was still partially encased in the material in which it was found. Loose sediment had been brushed away by Scribner. And in that material, Holmes found bones, a shell bead that resembled those made by indigenous peoples, and a snail shell from a modern type of snail. Whitney had thought that the skull had bounced along an ancient Pliocene river, where it must have settled in sediments containing these tidbits. Holmes disagreed. To him and to other experts, the findings suggested that the skull had come from somewhere else and been put in the mine. He concluded that, quote, it thus appears that the so-called Calaveras skull exhibits nothing in its character, condition, or associated phenomena incompatible with the theory of recent origin, and very much that may be justly construed as favoring that theory. By 1869, skepticism was spreading. A Mr. Blakesley wrote in an edition of the San Francisco Bulletin that year, quote, We believe the whole story worthy of no scientific credence. A minister told us the miners freely told him that the whole affair was a joke. Despite the critics and the stories, Whitney continued to believe it was a genuine find. And by the 1890s, many in the academic community continued to accept it as genuine. But it was becoming more and more obvious among scientists that it really just didn't fit into the fossil record of human evolution. In 1901, F.W. Putnam, who had replaced Whitney at Harvard, visited California and learned that in 1865, a number of indigenous skulls had been dug up from a nearby tribal burial site, and that skulls had been planted in the Bald Mountain Mine. Putnam concluded, quote, it may be impossible ever to determine to the satisfaction of the archaeologist the place where the skull was actually found. So this is a good time to talk about something that's been the creeping supporting character in this entire forgery season, and that's confirmation bias. In the 2022 edition of Comprehensive Clinical Psychology, authors Caleb W. Lack and Jacques Rousseau Describe confirmation bias in the chapter Mental Health, Pop Psychology, and the Misunderstanding of Clinical Psychology. And their description of confirmation bias reads as follows, quote, It is the tendency of individuals to favor information that confirms their beliefs or ideas and discount that which does not. This means that when confronted with new information, we tend to do one of two things. If this information confirms what we already believe, our natural instinct is to accept it as true, accurate, and unbiased. We unreservedly accept it and are happy to have been shown it. Even if it has some problems, we forgive and forget those and incorporate this new information into our beliefs and schemas quickly. We are also more likely to recall this information later to help buttress our belief during an argument. On the other hand, if this newly encountered information contradicts what we already believe, we have a very natural, different response. 
We become highly critical and defensive immediately, nitpicking any possible flaw in the information, even though the same flaw would be ignored if the information confirmed our beliefs. It also fades quickly from our mind so that in the future, we cannot even recall being exposed to it. We have seen this bias at play over and over again, from art experts who want to think they found a previously unknown work by a particular artist or in a buyer who doesn't want to believe they've been duped. Psychological bias is a powerful thing, so powerful that it can override actual knowledge that would contradict what someone wants to believe. To us, and maybe to you too, this seems to have been at play for J.D. Whitney, and he wasn't the only one. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we will talk about how hard it was to convince even some experts that the skull was just not what they hoped. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about just how long it took for experts to agree the skull was fake and how the whole thing was actually a practical joke gone too far. Decades after first examining the skull, Holmes, feeling unsure about its age and provenance, traveled to Calaveras to investigate further. He read all of Whitney's reports, which included a description of the skull. He examined the plant and animal fossils supposedly found in the sediment on the skull. He wrote of the scene, quote, to suppose that man could have remained unchanged physically, to suppose that he could have remained unchanged mentally, socially, industrially, and aesthetically for a million years, roughly speaking, is to suppose a miracle. 
To suppose again that the ancient people disappeared as a result of nature's mutations, leaving their bones and handiwork, and that another people springing up or appearing on the same spot in recent years have duplicated each and every character, activity, and art form is to suppose the impossible. Holmes also spoke with George Stickle, a resident of Angel's Camp and Scribner Associate. Stickle stated that the skull had come from an indigenous burial place in Salt Spring Valley, which was located west of Angel's Camp. He claimed it was removed by Dr. William Kelly, who gave it to Scribner, who originally thought it would make a fun gag gift to Dr. Jones. Holmes was now certain that the skull had been placed in the mine, but he just couldn't verify it. Scribner and Jones had both died in 1898. It's actually pretty difficult to find a primary account of what occurred. But Holmes heard the same tale again and again from locals who had been there at the time, and that story that they told was this. It was Scribner who was the architect of the prank, along with a few accomplices who were all friends of Dr. Jones. Mattinson was the sucker that they counted on to find the skull that they'd planted, which he did, and they bet that he would kick off a chain of events that would get it into Jones's hands. He was the real target of the prank, and Mattinson also did that. When the skull arrived, Jones initially thought that it was a practical joke, and really, he should have trusted his gut here. According to innkeeper J.L. Sperry, Jones first threw the skull into the street, yelling about how, quote, the skull had been brought to him as a relic of great antiquity, but he had just discovered cobwebs in it and concluded that he had been made the subject of one of Scribner's practical jokes. But then he had second thoughts about it and presumably retrieved it from the street. Never intended as anything more than a prank, the skull ended up being discussed as a genuine Pliocene fossil, first by Jones, then by Whitney. At the turn of the century, and yet despite all these revelations that indicated the tomfoolery of the whole setup, the skull continued to have defenders. The more experts learned about it, though, the more out of place it seemed. It took several decades of debate before it was concluded to be faked. Radiocarbon analysis, known also as carbon dating, was conducted on the skull in 1992, so quite a while after the whole thing started, and results indicated it likely came from the late Holocene age. The Holocene is the current geological epoch in Earth's history. This skull ultimately is estimated to be about 1,000 years old, and that aligns with Holmes's conclusion made years earlier. Nearly a century later, Ralph Dexter of the Department of Biological Sciences at Kent State University concluded of the skull and its controversy, quote, the desire on the part of miners to play a practical joke, the anxiety of archaeologists to prove the existence of early humankind in North America, and the firm convictions and good faith of those involved in an honest mistake led to this long, drawn-out controversy unique in the annals of American archaeology. The skull disappeared from discussion. Are you ready for a little something to drink while we contemplate this whole skull story? I am. Can you believe how many decades that took? Yes. Actually, I can't do. (laughs) And that's kind of the inspiration for today's drink, which is called confirmation bias. Nice. (laughs) 
because it really is a thing where people will just dig in Mm -hmm. and they want something to be true so bad. So I at least wanted something to be super delicious and have not the flavor of the drink that it's a lookalike for, but have a little bit of the same quality. And I'll explain as we go. This one is a small drink. One of those drinks is not diluted with anything, so it is very spirit forward. But it is going to start with a half ounce of unsweetened cranberry juice, a splash of agave syrup, a quarter ounce of vanilla liqueur, so not a whole lot, and then an ounce and a half of dark rum. And you're going to put these into a mixing glass with ice and then stir it to combine it. If you are a drink person, you may already know what we're making a a copy of because that's how (laughs) the original is also made. You're going to strain that into a cocktail glass that's pre-chilled. I love a Nick and Nora glass for this one, which are those smaller volume. They're really cute and perfect. And then you're going to garnish it with a cranberry that has been soaked in agave or brown sugar syrup for just a little while. You just need a coating on it. Because it looks like a Manhattan. It does, yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And a Manhattan is... Not dark rum. (laughs) Sweet vermouth, (laughs) bourbon... And usually some Angostura bitters. So it's also very spirit forward. It also is stirred in a mixing glass instead of in a shaker or anything. I also wanted, I was just fascinated by this idea of the dirt. And so I wanted a brown drink. I knew this one is definitely on the reddish side of brown. Mm -hmm. But so that's what led me down this path. But the thing is, when you drink it, it is like a Manhattan. It doesn't taste like one at all. But it has a similar effect psychologically, which is that you're like, wow, this is a strong drink, but it's also pretty tasty. Because sometimes you, when you say, wow, this is a strong drink, you're not tasting anything but spirit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Whereas a Manhattan, if it's made well, you taste the spirit, but you, you know, that that sweet vermouth and that little bit of like um, a Luxardo cherry usually gives it that little bit of sweetness that smooths out the rough edges. And so you taste the flavors and you're not just like, Wow, that's alcohol. And I will say my one taste tester agreed. (laughs) Not a big drinker, not a fan of drinks that taste like alcohol. And he said, this is interesting because I can taste that it's very spirit forward, but I don't mind this at all. And I was like, we're there. Interesting from him. Yes. If you want to make the mocktail of this, it's really easy. You're going to make everything the same, except instead of vanilla liqueur, you'll use a vanilla syrup. And instead of of dark rum, you're going to make your favorite dark, like a black tea that has whatever spices you love. Whether it is a tea that comes spiced or you like to make your own Mm -hmm. black tea and then spice it up with a little nutmeg and cardamom. Or I like to put a little pumpkin pie spice in tea. I think it's super yummy. (laughs) I know, but we're in the holiday season. It's appropriate. (laughs) It's appropriate for me year round. But you can also, you know, if you're seasonal that way, this should be great. And that actually makes a really yummy drink. I actually made one version with a vanilla tea that I had on hand, mm-hmm. and that was quite tasty, but definitely a little on the more desserty, roundy side. And then I made one with a black tea that I had added an assortment of things to. Also very good, but just a slightly different mm-hmm. flavor profile. So experiment, find what you like, because remember, there's no such thing as cocktail jail. You just want to make the cocktails and mocktails that taste most delicious to you. So tweak any recipe. However you need to make it super yummy. In this case, if it's too spirit forward, add a little more agave syrup. Add a little more cranberry juice. Although if you're doing the unsweetened, it has its own bite. So you got to be a little careful with that. But you can tweak it. 
tweak it, see what you like. I'm a big fan of the taste tests to go, <laughs> what does this need? This is how you develop your skills as your home bartender, where you know exactly how to make exactly what you love. And what's better than that? <laughs> we are so grateful that you hang out with us to experiment with these cocktails and hear stories of assorted strange things, including a lot of confirmation bias. We will be right <laughs> back here next week with a little more of that and another cocktail. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.